the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com, with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. With our guest tonight, Nicola O'Hanlon of I Love Recovery Cafe. Are you, are you in Ireland right now? I am in Ireland right now, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Is it like super green and kind of gray? It's super green and the, the gray varies, you know. Yeah. What town are you in? Um, in Wexford. It's down on the southeast coast. Okay. Yeah, so. All right. Mm-hmm. How beautiful. That's fun. I went to Ireland as one of my first trips in recovery. Oh, it's oh. been a long time, but man, what a wonderful place. Where did you go? We went all over, really. We started in Galway and then went down that coast to the Ring of Kerry, and then we went over to Dublin and then back up over back to Galway and left out of Shannon. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, we were there for two weeks. It was awesome. Cool. Well, you yeah, need to come back again sometime. I know. It's the, mo- it's the funnest place, like family trip, uh, friendly we were from Chicago at the time. They love, everyone was the most, you know, the nicest people. I'm sure you guys get that all the time, but it was awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah it is. And, and you know, it's it's funny, even for just a small country, that the the, um, <clears throat> the landscape ch- changes quite a lot from coast to coast, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen green like that before. And I yeah. love pub culture. And even though I was so- sober... Just going to pubs all the time was awesome, and eating, yeah. and hearing the music, and seeing all the families there, and it's just really, really great. Yeah. Is that is that part of? I mean, uh, do you participate in? That? I mean, is that where you go to have pub Enough food? Not so much anymore. Yeah. Um, I do kind of. Well, I guess my social life um, is kind of limited at the at the moment, um, but. It, pop culture is cha- it kind of has changed um, in the last few years because of um, the financial problems in Ireland. You know, the, the economy is not great, so people are not tending to, to do it as much. But our history is, is definitely that the pubs were where everybody met. Um, and it was about so much more than drinking. It was it was where our, we we lived our culture as such, yeah. with music and storytelling and you know all of that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> um, um, but at the moment, I suppose um, it's kind of coming back in again, but um, it's it's not quite as as alive as it used to be. Um, my brother actually is a is a traditional Irish musician, so he he's he's there quite a lot, uh, playing in pubs and stuff like that. But um, people are tending to kind of be drinking at home now more than in the pubs. Um, and you you have children, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. I do. And is that are, are children a part of that culture? I don't, I don't know what the laws are like there. Can, do kids, if there's food, kids can? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. If there's food there, yeah, 
kids kids are welcome in in pubs um after a certain time at night though no it, it doesn't happen that's so. interesting well i've never i've never been to ireland i'd love to go maybe we'll take the show on the road someday take the show on the road and so I'm going I'm to welcome you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us at, uh, what, 4 p.m. your time. Uh, we're doing a special morning recording on our end um, and, and love it. it it's, it's fun to do. We've done it, I think, once before. Yeah. Um, uh, we were calling uh, whales, I think. Oh. Uh, but uh, so welcome, Nicola. Um, and uh, for those that don't know and for those that do know, uh, Nicola has just recently launched, was it two months ago, you launched I Love Recovery Cafe, which is iloverecovery.com. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Um, and uh, which is phenomenal. I mean, I think we on this end know what, what goes into yes. <laughs> uh, maintaining, Trudeau's. editing, it's, and yeah, an amazing site. curating. Yeah. Yes, it's a lot of work. You know, once you get into a, a routine and, and everything is kind of set up to roll, it's easier. It's the initial setting up is like, wow, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. it's a lot of work in it. But we, we managed it um, and it was me. Um, it's part of InTheRooms.com um, blog, the, the, the blogging community there. Oh, so, so lots of those contributors became contributors for you or you guys kind of work together? Um, well, a lot of them are, yeah, I mean, I work in conjunction with InTheRooms.com, and so, um, they very kindly lend me their, their IT guy, John, ah. who is a whiz, yeah, absolutely. That's I what would. you need, you gotta have one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing, his, his level of knowledge and stuff is, is incredible, so without him, you know, I, I, there's no way I would have been able to navigate, you know, editing and setting up a website there's no way yeah um so kenny and rt from in the rooms.com they're they're the owners mm -hmm. and i approached them and i said i want to do this and they said yeah let's go and we did it and so it's it's on the road now about two months that's fantastic were you did you uh did you know them before that because you hadn't you you had blogged for them i did right. um they, they were the first people i i i kind of wrote a lot when I was younger <clears throat> and about 19 uh, I just I just stopped I mean I was in in the middle of like serious addiction at the time yeah. and I didn't write again until about a year into my sobriety I was about 36 interesting yeah and I found yeah sorry did you always want to be I mean it's funny there's always this image of the writer alcoholic and i'm even i'm sure in ireland it's even stronger right like this romantic image of uh people who drink and write and so you never did you never could pull that off i i just i shut down i think uh, my creativity just shut down mm. and um so yeah i never wrote when i when i was when i was drinking and using and um kind of a year into once the fog had lifted as they say uh, a year into my sobriety I just had this burning desire again to start writing and it was about that time as well that I had come across uh, in the rooms.com and <clears throat> in there in your own profile they have little space where you can do your own blogs and I had written a poem I think it was or something like that and um, Kenny and RT read it and they asked me if I'd be interested in taking over the I Love Recovery Cafe or I Love Recovery at the time uh, blog and I was like okay let's do that 
so I, I was blogging for them for a few years and um it was through that I met Anna David mm-hmm. and uh, I wrote for After Party. I was actually her first ever writer for After Party Chat. I think I remember her hearing her, I think, say. Yeah. And I, you know what? I didn't even, I wasn't even fully aware of that until I met her for the very first time when I was in D.C. in October. Oh, cool. And uh, we met for the first time face to face. And um, so kind of that's where my... Uh, in, um, I, I kind of started writing, and it just kind of took a life, took on a life of its own, really. And I haven't stopped since. So um, I'm almost six years sober now. So there's a there's a lot of me out there <laughs> right now. How much you do you know? write a week? Um, I kind of write every day. I write something every day. Um, but I guess you know, I I will publish something probably twice a week, usually sometimes once a week it depends on time and it depends on you know what i what i have to write about um i i kind of have to um it builds up in me and i empty myself out and it builds up again yeah well you had mentioned that there's like this burning desire or you just came across this as a year of sobriety you had to write again yeah so what what like brought that on do you remember that day where you're like oh my gosh i do remember that day i absolutely do um and it was like it was like trying to catch up with all of the years that I didn't write. It was like everything had been stored up inside in layers almost. And, um, you know, I had a, a really rough time. My my drinking years, I, I've been through a lot. And um, expression for me was hugely important, hugely important, probably you know, um, next to drinking, it was the most important thing for me to get well. And next to stopping drinking, yeah. you know, we, we understood. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and so it just, it just wouldn't stay in. And that's the only way I can describe it really. Yeah. It just stay in. And I started to write and it just kept coming. That's so great. Well, most, you know, every writer sort of describes that where they just have to write. It sounds like that's so important. And, and it's interesting reading your bio, that you've, it almost feels like you've started this thing or wanted to do this thing because you've seen how much self-expression has helped your recovery yeah. and kind of helping other people now do that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because sometimes I think we miss the fact that uh, once we stop drinking and using um, and we do become recovered from from the consequences of that um we a lot of a, a lot of people in recovery think that's it um and for me it it was only the beginning and um writing for me and expressing for me helped me to really get to know who i am and really um helped me to understand what exactly i was recovering from you know yeah um what what was the the real issues underneath all that self harm from the time I was 13 um, and what was it that I was running from and and it, it keeps coming you know my uh, I'm evolving as a person I am my you know my recovery evolves all the time um, so just to be able to provide a space for people to have their work seen is important for me it's important for me to 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 give to give back what what I have received you know my learning, I guess. What What were those when you 
found these things did you what did you discover like you know what were the things that you were running from um a lot of it was to do with my upbringing and i i know that's a bit of a cliche um and not not even just so much home but um the societal attitude um of uh, it's societal conditioning you know i always kind of i love that that book the four agreements and where they talk about um they talk about uh human domestication you know like domesticated animals and the social conditioning that put on us and like i was a very free child um and this like super connected to uh, nature and all of that kind of stuff and my thinking was very broad for a small child and um i say in my bio as well that like my higher power my my guidance is is nature right. in all its forms mm-hmm. and as i grew up in and i mean you know irish society was very stifling in the 70s and 80s and you know i went to catholic schools and all of that and i i rebelled against the conditioning of that you know um and it it wasn't until i stopped drinking that i really really understood how how deeply that affected me how deeply dogmatic religion and um how women, you know as a woman even mm-hmm. in society um how suppressed that i was um and so all of those things i i discovered hugely and i think at the moment um i've just written a story as well for um the girl god which is a <clears throat> a series of books about the divine feminine mm-hmm. and what it means um in our society today um so i i just i that's going to be published in february and i'm really kind of looking at that part of my recovery now you know um just the feminine how women are viewed in society and and it kind of it all kind of um flows into recovery for me and into 12 step recovery and you know our our choices in 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 what we see as divine and all of that stuff you know it's complicated for me sometimes yeah yeah it is complicated i was reading uh, the piece you wrote about the the woman uh, in the meeting and and the sharing about trials of being yeah. a single mother right and uh she was a single mother right she was yeah. yeah and and how you know when it's it's a man that the the perspective and the reception is different um sharing the same thing right right um and that really i mean that really hit home you know i was raised by a single mother and um i've been a stay-at-home dad which is significantly different than a single mother um but, uh, you know, one of my first uh, inclinations after being a stay-at-home dad for a while is to call my mother and, and basically thank her once I realized exactly what how challenging it is <laughs> to be a parent of any sort. Yeah, but. And, and, and it's true, you know. Um, I think in my experience, I have seen, um, I have seen like two ends of the scale when it comes to people looking for help, um, you know, based on their gender. I'm a single parent. I'm raising my children alone as well. And... It's almost, um, and for me, I suppose it was the rejection that I that I that I witnessed and I experienced as a as a, an alcoholic woman mm-hmm. who you know was was 
um, coming to terms with the end of a marriage. Um, you know, I had spent some time in a mental institution. Um, you know, there was domestic violence. That, you know, my, it, there's a long history of violence in my life. Mm. And, you know, you, you stand up and you say, look, I'm do- this is my life. I need help. And, the, you know, the trauma, dealing with the trauma of all of that, you need a huge support system. And in my experience, and I've, and I've seen it for other women too, who, who are actually almost seen as like, um, as, as dirty, as, as like fallen women, mm. you know? And there is definitely a different aspect for men. Um, they're kind of, you know, tapped on the back and said, well done. Mm. Well done you. Um, <clears throat> and the support system is not really there for women. And the stigma for women is much greater as well unfortunately you know so there's a lot there's a lot to deal with um there's a huge responsibility uh to yourself when you come into recovery i can tell you that because you do do a lot of it by yourself you know so uh, what what sort of um role has your, your your recovery support system played in that I mean, you talk about being at, I guess, co-ed 12-step meetings. Mm. Um, is there a role that, that it plays in that? Because um, it sounds like the experience in that, particularly in that one post, wasn't encouraging. Um, <clears throat> you know, 12-step recovery saved my life. It, it definitely did. It taught me, um, and I mean, my sponsor was a male as well, mm. which was huge for me um, because you know, having such bad experiences with male relationships all my life to have somebody that I could actually, uh, trust, um, on a, and, and have a completely platonic relationship was huge, a huge learning experience for me. Um, and it definitely helped me to, I think I was very lucky with this, with the people that surrounded me in early recovery. Absolutely. Um, who guided me and, and I, I learned to trust from that. Um, and as I got deeper into knowing myself, I guess, through 12 step recovery and, um, you know, understood, um, my own, my own struggles and, and actually what I was facing. Um, I, I could see that, you know, the majority of women were, were going through the same thing. And, um, you know, it's just the simple things like childcare and, um, somebody just to help you just with the basic things. It's just not there for a lot of people, you know? So, um, I kind of, I've evolved into, um, it, I suppose my, my, the spiritual aspect for me has, has been a huge, savior and being able to create my own version of that yeah. and and being um my having my mind opened and actually seeing reality for you know what's going on around me um and that can be traumatic once once we have seen the truth okay. you know it, it, that that's kind of traumatic it's almost like you're re-traumatized all over again when you're seeing things through sober eyes right this the this higher power you have this uh, idea that nature is your higher power. Where did how did that come about? That was me as a child. 
Okay. So you um, already had this and you got into recovery and didn't have a problem with the God thing? And I had a problem with the God thing <laughs> a little bit. Um, yeah. the, the higher power for me is, is, is an energy. It is the essence of, of what drives humanity, I think. That's how I would describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I mean, as a child, like I would spend time in the woods and, you know, I was barefoot and I was this almost like feral type child. <laughs> You know, and I played like our chill, like my childhood was was in both on the river, and the 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 strength and energy that I got from that was very very real for me and very tangible. And I suppose when when religion got in the way, organized religion got in the way and made me doubt all of that, doubt what I was what I was feeling and thinking. Um, that was when I kind of fell off the wagon of you know any kind of normality and I, I I went straight into addiction at 13 and it was like you know it helped me to, to come to terms with with all of that and um and you know d- during my use and years there was there was no higher power there was nothing there and I came into 12-step recovery and I saw the word God and immediately I was like uh is this for me and then I heard that you could create your own. And then it, it automatically, it was just like I picked up where I left off and I got that that whole sense of being again, you know. And that's that's um, that's been my savior. And I feel very much that that childlike part of me is 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 very much awake again, yeah. you know. It's so interesting. You know, you hear all the time that your emotional development stops when you start using. Oh, yeah. It can start again when you quit. And very much that sounds like exactly what happened to you. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> there's no question about it that I, I have been 13 for the large majority of my li- my life. Right. And I mean, even, even it, it was like playing, um, playing at being an adult, you know. I, I mean, I got married. How did I, you know? And I had two children and I had a house and I managed to work. And it was, it was, um, it was almost like I was playing playing a game um and in no way emotionally or mentally was i was i equipped to deal with any of that um and i managed to function but i believe that alcohol helped me to function (laughs) in in some bizarre way um and it definitely you know through i like i had um trouble with anxiety and depression and like i said ended up in a, a psychiatric ward at the end of my marriage and um i suppose it was just i was conforming to societal um ideals Mm -hmm. and it really wasn't me at all you know that's that's basically it i was pushing myself into a box that i didn't fit into um so yeah i mean and and i in the last six years, I think I've matured more than I have in my entire life. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It is completely amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, so just to, to clarify, when you talk about addiction, we're talking we're talking about alcohol, right? Yeah, well, I, I use I use drugs too. Okay. Um, um, but alcohol is the primary. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it was the longest the thing that I, I used the longest, and you know. Um, I suppose drugs for me were, were when I went out. I didn't use drugs every day. But then I would look at, um, you know, after the mental hospital 
episode I was on Xanax and, you know, depending on um, antidepressants and stuff like that, which for me are just as stifling as alcohol. Interesting. Um, I, I think that that my dependence on those were, were, were heavier even than than anything I've ever used. Um, and for me, it, it, I had to I had to become completely chemical free to find any sense of myself whatsoever. Um, and that's that's just how it is for me. Sure. Um, and so when. So, so that preceded your sobriety or was that? No, it was um, it was all around like the the yeah um the mental ho- I, I entered the mental hospital in two thousand and seven, and I got sober in in two thousand and ten. Okay. So it was kind of like you know a three year rock bottom, which was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, um, yeah, it was. <laughs> It wasn't fun. <laughs> um, so were you going to meetings at the time and trying to quit drinking? or? No, no. I was completely in denial. Okay. I, I remember talking to a psychiatrist um, in, when I went into the hospital. And he was like saying to me, "And you know, what's your drinking like? And I'm like, uh, it's a, you know, it's, it's um, you know, I drink on occasion, but never really to excess. <laughs> and I heard myself say that. And I mean, on the outside, I believed it. But when I heard myself say that, I think it was really then that I said, um, yeah, I, I might have a problem here because that's just totally not true. But I had missed <laughs> him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was looking at me going, oh, OK, OK. Yeah. And I mean, I was in there for, I think, like four to six weeks. I can't remember the exact time and didn't have any drink. Mm. So, of course, I wasn't an alcoholic. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you get Xanax, you know, you can convince yourself of anything. So I came out of there thinking, oh, yeah, cool. I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Absolutely. Everything is going to be great. And I, I went back out into the world and I drank heavier and faster and harder than I ever did before. Of course. So. <laughs> did, and did you, were you drinking alone at this time? Or you out? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, a lot. Every day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, wine, wine at home and um, every day. And then, you know, if I went out, which was not not very often, it was always Jack Daniels. And, you know, you guys drink Jack Daniels in yeah. Ireland. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it does sound a little crazy. It didn't make any look. It didn't make any difference to me what I drank, really. It's true. As long as, as, long as I was getting getting off Fair my care. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that was the beginning of of coming out of denial yeah it took a bit um what what sort of uh, you know efforts did your denial take to keep you from from realizing it then why did it take three years and and what finally well blame i guess i was able to blame everything my entire life on my my that current situation um and you know, the end of a marriage is pretty uh, disastrous, you know. And there's a lot of, of high emotion. And um, I subsequently, you know, sought refuge in other relationships that turned out to be horrendously violent. Hmm. And I could blame that 
and then I could blame, you know, uh, people walking away from me because my life was so chaotic and I could blame and blame and blame. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what changed after three years. Um, I guess I, I, I do believe and I always say that if I, if I hadn't have had my children, mm -hmm. I don't think I'd be sober now because I certainly didn't do it for myself at the start. Um, it was definitely about these two beautiful, sure. deserving children that I was, you know, not taken care of to the, to the way they deserve to be. Um, and I suppose, you know, coming from a, a family where there was alcohol issues and being able to relate to the fear that these kids were feeling, mm -hmm. um, it just eventually, I couldn't deny that. I couldn't deny what I was doing to these kids uh, and they're my entire life and uh, you know I absolutely adore my children and creating what what I grew up in wasn't okay with me mm -hmm. and so that was really because I didn't value myself enough to get sober for me um, so it had to be about something else at the start sure. you know what was the uh, was there a day you remember, it was, like, I woke uh, up and... I woke up, um, yeah, that was a rough day. I woke up and I was battered and bruised, having been through another domestic violent incident. And that was it. It was three days after my 35th birthday. Okay. And I just said, I cannot live like this anymore. Something has to change. And I haven't touched a drink or a drug since then. And that was the day, wow. yeah. Did you go to a meeting? Um, the next day I went to a meeting, yeah. So, you, so you, did you, had you been to a meeting before? Did you know about, or was you call someone, knew someone? Um, AA was in my life kind of as a child. Um, um, I remember men coming to my house to take my dad to meetings that I didn't really understand, <laughs> you know. Um, so it, I was aware of it. And then... So is your dad um, sober? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was. I actually went to Al-Anon for a while, and mm. um, because I felt, um, you know, all of this stuff was starting to come up for me, um, and this was while I was still drinking. Okay. And um, there, there's no um, adult child of alcoholic meetings here, um, so Al-Anon really is the only support system mm -hmm. for for the families so I went there and of course you know you're sitting in these meetings and you've got all these people talking about the alcoholics in their life right. and you're thinking okay uh -oh. which side which side do I belong to <laughs> you know yeah. this <laughs> so, sounds crazily familiar yeah and you're kind of going oh shit yeah. yeah okay so I started to feel really guilty and like a like a total fraud in those meetings you know yeah and, uh, <laughs> yeah. eventually I made my way into the correct room yeah. and um, yeah I haven't looked back since really <laughs> well it's great I mean Al-Anon's interesting I've known people that have found recovery through that but it's the same 12 steps yeah. there's a lot of the same language they hear themselves through the eyes of the people that they're destroying with their alcoholism and all of a sudden they end up in the mm -hmm. right room yeah it's not a nice feeling, though. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's miserable. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. But, you know, it saved me. All of that uncomfortable yeah. saved me. Yeah. And that's... 
were there people in your life at any point that that were suggesting other than maybe therapists or counselors um, that that you needed to get sober? Um, I was just the one that was always taking it too far, I guess. Um, I suppose, well, I guess nobody ever said it to me directly as such. Um, um, but I was the one like at 15 who was being hospitalized. Um, my first stint in hospital for overdose was drinking. Like I drank. Had that your stomach pumped and all that? Yeah, yeah. At fifteen, you know, it sounds like I'm talking about somebody else, but you know, and and that kind of that was the the reoccurring thing right through my life. Um, I was always the one that took it too far. Always, I was always the last to leave. I was, you know, um, at house parties, you know, standing in front of the window so nobody would open the curtains so that we didn't have to go home. That kind of thing, so we could see it was bright outside. No, it was it was staying dark, and we were continuing to party, and that was it. And and that was me. You know, I couldn't get enough. Um, there was never enough for me. So everybody knew that. You know, and and Nikki was always the one in the family that always like did something to that was outrageous at family parties and you know all of that kind of stuff. So it was never said directly, but. Yeah, we all knew. Everybody knew. Yeah. And so now it's—I mean—it's got to feel good to be, um, you know, aware. And, and then what's it called when you, when you sort of stop that um, familial? You know, it's a train. It's a yeah, runaway train. The cycle right? or whatever. The cycle. Yeah. Um, with with all all the, your efforts, you know, with establishing the I Love Recovery and. and yeah. It's uh, it's kind of surreal to be honest. Um, it's like my life kind of took off in a direction that I'd never expected it to. Uh, it's I remember being a, a teenager, you know, and having this huge desire to to be something, yeah. uh, and always to write, um, and I always had so much to say, and I I wanted to go to college. I wanted to learn and. But the draw of addiction was too, too much for me. Um, and I couldn't fight it. And I feel now it's kind of like, uh, I'm back in that space where I'm only really beginning to, to become all that I can, you know? Um, and it's, it's still unfamiliar to me to be successful in certain ways and to be, um, passionate again it, it's it's i'm still becoming familiar with that part of me yeah. um and some days i'm i'm kind of going like wow you know to even have editor beside my name <laughs> like what yeah. Is it me and it's yeah so i mean i'm enjoying it all very much i'm scared of it sometimes as well you know i doubt myself all the time am i really capable of doing this again am i is this something i'm playing at like i did all my life um, but there's nothing gives me greater, um, greater fire in my belly, if you like, um, than than helping other people empower themselves. It's it's a huge thing for me. It's a huge passion for me, and and not there's nothing in me that wants to stop. So it's it's just it, it's taken off and it has a life of its own, really. 
It says editor-in-chief, not just editor. I just wanted to point that out. That's your title. That's pretty cool. Yep. So you, I, real quick, it, it talks about crystals and healing and magic and all of these uh, spiritual things that you've found, I assume, in the last six years. What is does your program like? You believe in all this stuff. Talk, talk a little bit about that. That what does that look like now? Um, it looks like that. <laughs> I, I paint a picture of that one without. <laughs> I think most people think I'm a bit nuts. Um, uh, I mean, let's the, the the way I start my day. Yeah. Um, is with is is with that and connection with my higher source. And um, so I will sit down in the morning with my coffee I light three candles and a stick of incense and I have certain uh, prayers that I say I do I do energy healing as well it's a it's a key it's like Reiki but it's it's stronger than that well, and you pardon you energy heal yourself and other people oh, yeah I do other too, yeah um and so yeah I do that and you know my prayer um I don't know if prayer is the right word to use or not, but let's use it because yeah, it's just, it. yeah. And um, uh, I do. I mean, I I do tarot cards every morning as well. Nice. They're my guidance. Um, and right now I have amethyst in my hands. Uh, I always have a crystal with me. Um, each crystal for me it reflects something. Um, about myself or our needs that I have, I believe that each crystal has its own um, vibration. Um, so that's that's how I that's how I live my life, really. Um, and I think from our perspective, that's awesome. The yeah, the the value in that is that you know I I don't know if you know you know I'm non twelve step. Yeah. You yeah. know I've, I've uh, not I'm not anti twelve step. I've just never used it as part of my recovery. Um, mm -hmm. possibly to my detriment. I don't know. Um, and Jeff has throughout, even before his sobriety, <laughs> been a regular meeting yeah. goer. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Jeff has, uh, you know, his, his spirituality and, and I'm what I just this year learned is, is called an apatheist, which I just, I don't really think about it. Um, uh, so I think the value is that, you know, a lot of people tend to get hung up specifically in terms of the 12 steps on the higher power aspect of it. Um, but the reality is, um, you know, your recovery is, is independent of how you treat yourself spiritually or not. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. and I know we have listeners that, that, um, you know, feel much the same way you do and, and practice what you practice. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I, I yeah. you know, I, I think uh, you know, recovery is a, a huge tent, right? And and we got to make sure it stays yeah. that way. Well, it has to be, and and I think that's the most important thing about it is to make it make it feel right for you. Right. And know that the whole God's concept, because let's face it, the a you know, um, AA or twelve step is is generally has Christian right. undertones, and pe lots of people have issues with that, but you know. The, the fundamental idea behind it works for me. Um, the Christian part of it doesn't. But, you know, there's far and against everything, and you just have to make it fit for you. Um, and that's, I think, I mean, I'm not, I don't go to as many meetings as I used to at all. Um, 
and and I suppose my spiritual beliefs are are what keeps me centered. Um, but um, we have to remember as well, like the the big book was written in the nineteen thirties, where language was very different and people's concept of the world was very different and they weren't as enlightened and evolved as we are. Um, but still that, that message that's there, those 12 steps as a guide to, to, to live in an authentic life, you know, we can't say that it doesn't work. It does work for a lot of people, you know, um, and, and the more comfortable with, with it, with the concept, um, if you make it comfortable for yourself, it, it, it's, it's easier to do it. Yeah, I, I love your higher power. I want it. I like the crystals. <laughs> I like the incense. I like the candles. Yeah. How, how do you get into that? Um, you just <laughs> do like it. like a mail order catalog that I can get my hands I, on? You know, I mean, I find I find value in everything. I'm walking down the beach the other day and I find this incredible feather from a bird. Mm -hmm. And I take it home and I put it, I have an altar and I have all of these things that are valuable to me that somebody else would say, oh, what, what's that in your house for? You know? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's about how an object or, or a person or, or uh, an idea makes me feel. And so, you know, I'm sitting here with a piece of ameth amethyst in my hand and I can feel the, um, the heat and the energy from it. And, you know, it's, it's, about, it's about going in into your soul, really, and finding out what, what you're connected with. And do you so turn your will in your life over to this, like a traditional third step or whatever? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, is that what your morning is? Like, I'm going to let this source energy take Well, you over. know what? I see, I see it. I view it more as we work together. Gotcha. Rather than um, being, I, I don't believe in the whole powerless thing. I believe I'm powerless once I'm using. Mm -hmm. yeah. But as a person, I am not powerless whatsoever um yeah absolutely and that's that's a, a huge concept that is 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 uh, misunderstood and mm -hmm. um, we're perilous once we're using but once you you make a decision to make your your life better you, you have incredible power people don't understand the the power that we have as human beings if we channel it properly mm -hmm. and um that's that's very important to me to, to distinguish between that. I, I will never continue to, to tell myself I'm powerless, ever, because I'm not. And if I'm working with something, um, you know, I believe the higher power is in me. It's not separate. It's not up in the sky. It's not, you know, I'm connected to all things. And if you can channel the uh, available energy, that connection, um, you can do whatever you want in this world. Awesome. And that, that is a powerful thought. I like that. You know, what's interesting is I'm, I'm listening and I'm going back to when you were talking about um, your life now. What is it? Almost mm. six years into your recovery. Right? Yeah. Um, in January. Yeah. Um, and how it, it, you're still amazed by it and sometimes overwhelmed by it. Mm. I'm thinking earlier I said I, I have not been... I didn't. I didn't recover through the twelve steps. Sometimes to my detriment, and I think this is a case of that where I'm just finding that I'm in a very similar place to where you are now, almost you know, like eighteen years into my sobriety and recovery. Um, you know, finding a very similar place in the recovery community and in my own recovery. Um, I, I just think it's 
interesting. I can relate to the sense of being overwhelmed and am I sort of right for this? Am I doing the right thing? Uh, the anxieties of, of embarking on a new effort. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what I'm saying, just that I think um, it's great that you're there now and I'm, I'm certain you're you know up to the challenge. And um, Yeah, I, I guess um, I, so, I suppose the overwhelm comes from... Um, always not feeling worthy or good enough or any that kind of stuff, you know. And um, and sometimes um, I I love that quote about that um, Marianne Williamson has, and it's quite a long one. But the basic um, premise to it is that you know who are we not to be great, and who are we not to shine, and who are we to to consistently put ourselves down. Um, I believe that there's there's a, a, a greater power. I believe there's a bigger picture. I believe there's a lot there that we don't fully understand. Um, but I believe that each person is divine. There's divinity in each person, no matter no matter their actions. Um, and you know that's what I have to focus on because there is so much negativity to focus on that you know if I lose hope if I lose you know if I keep telling myself well what's the point of this or any of that I have to stay connected to that that spark that keep that drive that keeps me going and if I let my head get in the way um, and trying to logically analyze you know I I, I get into trouble then mm. you know and um, because it comes back to the conditioning again um, of, of the societal view of what it means to be human mm -hmm. um, so I have to I have to stay true to that burning in me that burning desire in me to keep going and to to be perfectly okay with um, my own belief system you know no matter what people <laughs> yeah. whether call me nuts or not it has to be it has to be okay for me to be me yeah, exactly. that's what that's what recovery is it's evolving evolving yourself as a human being. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, what? Well, hey, Nicola, I think, um, I mean, it was, it was a terrific talk. I think, uh, I mean, I'd love to talk more. I want to figure out how to, uh, I don't know, maybe do something collaboratively going forward so we can talk offline about that. Um, but, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. Um, thank and, you. And, uh, you know, c congratulations. And, and yeah, the site's amazing. On, yeah, keep up with it. It's just great. Thank you. Uh, and if you guys would like to contribute something, I would be totally okay with that too. Let's, let's do something, you know, yeah, together. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what I want to, let's, let's figure that out um, and stay in touch. And uh, yeah, and we'll have to have you back on again. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, yep. You say when and, and I'll be there. And uh, I'm very honored that you asked me. I mean, it's, it's, it means a lot to me to, to, to be able to share with you today about you know, life in general. Oh, we appreciate it. And I'll tell you what, you just as a bit of insight, when whenever we talk about feeling unworthy, my sense doing what I do, um, and sometimes, uh, sometimes I, I can move, I move past it easily, but other times, uh, when I reach out to somebody, often I think, like, what, what do they want to come on and talk to me for, or yeah. us for, you know, yeah. I mean? but specifically me. <laughs> right, I'm, I'm thinking it very personally. I'm like they're they're bigger and they have more important things to do, kind of thing. So it's that. I think it's. Um, I don't know if it's all of us as addicts, but there's yeah. a sense of um, 
a lack of self-worth that we're always sort of wrestling with a yeah. little bit. Uh, or, or it could be genuine humility. Maybe. <laughs> but I appreciate I that. I like that better. Okay. It, well, you know what? To me, that's, that's what it is, that you, you feel that, but you continue to do it anyway. Yeah. And, I mean, to me, that's, that's real humility. So yeah. don't, don't be beating yourself up. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming. I, we do appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have a talk again soon. And uh, offline, we'll figure out uh, how to share in other ways. Cool? That's, that's great. Okay. Very much. Bye. Yes! Another clean and sober intervention.